Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Om Mani Padme Hom. The Green Lama strikes for justice. Time now for another exciting adventure from the files of Jethro Dumont. Jethro Dumont, the wealthy young American who, after ten years in Tibet, returned as the Green Lama to amaze the world with his curious and secret powers in his single-handed fight against injustice and crime. I am Turku. My friend, the Green Lama, and I return together from my country, Tibet. It was my duty and pleasure to serve Jethro Dumont, the Green Lama, and it became his choice to fight injustice and crime. Jethro Dumont was made a Lama because of his great wisdom and powers of concentration, and a Green Lama because green is one of the six sacred colors of Tibet and is the symbol of justice. This story of the last dinosaur began in the city of Hollywood, California. The Green Lama and I had traveled there together for a vacation, and also because we had been summoned by an old friend, the motion picture producer Herman K. Herman. Even now, we waited in our hotel room for the meeting that had been arranged. Tulku, what time is it? Five o'clock, great one. Oh, I have to be at my friend's house in Beverly Hills at six o'clock. Oh. My tie straight? Yes. Tulku, you know, I think I'm going to enjoy having a slight vacation. It's been a long time since I've been able to see any of my old friends. Uh, yes, it is truly written that the man who does nothing but work never hears the song of a bird. <laughs> I imagine if there were any birds singing in Hollywood, the sound would be drowned out by the cries of actors who fail to get the parts they wanted. Eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Tulku, the very wise American philosopher once said that California's a wonderful place to live if you're an orange. <laughs> uh, this, uh, Mr. Hellman is having a big party in your honor? No, not quite in my honor, Tulku. Oh. I understand he just finished a new picture and is giving a cocktail party in honor of that. Oh, uh, he is sending a car for you? No, I don't imagine so. In fact, you better call a taxi. Uh, come in. I'm looking for Mr. Jethro Dumont. I'm Jethro Dumont. Yeah, I'm Philbert Jones. Yes, Mr. Jones. I'm here to drive you to the party. Mr. Herman's, that is. Well, then they did send a car, my lama. So it would seem. Yes, I'm ready to go any time, Mr. Jones. Okay, let's get started. When I'm driving anybody as important as the green llama, I like to start early. That way I don't have to drive fast and maybe... Maybe there won't be any accidents. <laughs> Driver, how much farther to Mr. Herman's home? Here we are now, Mr. Dumont. Uh-huh. Well, Herman K. seems to have done very well for himself. <laughs> From the looks of things, I guess the party's being held by the swimming pool. Yeah. Everybody out here likes to live near either a swimming pool or the ocean, but they don't like to drink water. Oh? <laughs> well, 
See you later, Mr. Dumont. Yes, I think you will. Oh, pardon me, miss. I'm, I'm looking for Mr. Herman Jethro. K. Jethro, am I glad you could come. How are Herman you, Herman K., how are you? <laughs> well, it's sure good seeing you again. It's been a long time, Well, not it? since Harvard 1935, but I've been keeping tabs on you through the newspapers. Say, boy, this green llama stuff is a great gimmick. Oh, it's not quite a gimmick, Herman. Oh, of course, of course, Jethro. I just meant it would be a, make a great picture. Well, we could do a whole series. I can just see the marquees now. The green llama. The green llama returns. The green llama uh, uh, returns again. And again. <laughs> well, I hate to disappoint you, Herman, but I'm afraid there won't be any movies about the Green Llama. Hey, this is quite a soiree. Yes, yes, come on. Everybody's dying to meet you. You know, huh? Jethro, you ought to get a big kick out of this. Big stars like Gloria Spear, who was just voted the secret love of America, acting like a bobby soxer when she finds out that she's going to meet the Green Llama. Well, Chief, the party seems to be a great success. Ah, late arrival. Oh, hello, Mary. This is my old friend, Jethro Dumont. You know, the Green Llama. Jethro, this is my secretary, Mary Carter. How do you do? Mary, show Mr. Jethro the new bag I just gave you. Oh, sure. Clever, huh? Yeah, it's very attractive. Alligator, isn't it? Alligator. <laughs> that, my boy, is genuine imitation dinosaur. You should know that. You studied prehistoric animals. The clasp, my research department assures me, is a dinosaur toenail, or whatever you call it. Very interesting. Of course, you understand there's no connection between the dinosaur bag and the fact that we're making a picture called The Last Dinosaur. <laughs> Uh-oh, here comes Miss Poison Ivy of 1949. Mary. Jethro, I would like to present America's outstanding screen star, Miss Gloria Spear. Gloria, my dear, this is Jethro Dumont, the Green Llama. Hello. The Hello. Green Llama, how wonderful. Yes, I'm sorry to say, Miss Spear, I've never seen any of your pictures, but I'm afraid I'm not much of a moviegoer. Oh, I'm sure, Mr. Dumont, that you're much too busy to know about poor little me. Gloria, show Jethro the new shoes I just gave you. Genuine imitation dinosaur. You get it, Jethro? Yes, I see. I suppose the idea is that tomorrow Hollywood columnists will be telling thousands of readers about the dinosaur shoes and handbags. <laughs> That's it. You're right on the ball as always. You know, every little bit of publicity helps. Isn't it all just too silly, Mr. Dumont? Why can't you and I slip away to Herman's study? I just love to learn all about Tibet. And if anybody could stand with an improvement of the mind, uh, Gloria's the gal. <laughs> Isn't Mary sweet, Mr. Dumont? And she's always so helpful when it comes to the unimportant things we stars have to do. Shall we go, Jethro? Well, perhaps we can get better acquainted after I've met the other guests, eh? Uh, why don't you come along with us? Oh, Herman, old boy, I've just cooked up a sensational idea. You yes, want to hear it? The bartender and I just invented a vodka sour, which we're going to call a dinosaur. You get it? <laughs> oh, that's great, great. Oh, yeah, one of the restaurants on the strip is going to start serving it tomorrow, and I just called the colonists, and they're all going to use it. Oh, great work, Simon. Oh, by the way, I want you to meet my friend, Jethro Juma. Oh. Jethro, this is my publicity director, Simon. How do you do? Oh, how do you do? Uh, come on, Jethro. There are lots of others here who have to leave early, and I want you to meet them before they have to go. There's Jack and Mary Benny, the Edgar Bergens, the Ozzie Nelsons. Oh, just everybody's here. Then we'll go on and listen to Fisher's broadcast. He's mentioning the new picture. You know. Come on, Jeff. You've just got to meet all these people. All right, everybody. All right. Time to hear Fisher. Herman. Herman. Yes? I suppose it's unseemly for a llama to be so ignorant, but who is Fisher? Who is Fisher? Why, George Fisher. George Fisher. Well, he's got a terrific following. When he plugs a picture, it's worth a million dollars at the box office. Oh, Mary, uh, go out and be sure everybody gets in here, huh? Uh, Sai, turn on the radio. Oh, huh? yeah, gotcha, Chief. You see, Mr. Dumont, you get to be a big producer, you Come even have someone turn your radio on for uh, you. Now, never mind, Mary. Go around everybody up. Huh? If I remember correctly, Herman, when you and I were at Harvard, I used to turn your radio on. For you. <laughs> Come on, everybody. Hurry, hurry. Fisher. Come on. Oh, now, quiet, everybody. Quiet. And a happy hello from Hollywood. This is George Fisher with a flash from the love friend. Herman K. Herman, top producer of Triumph Pictures, will marry Triumph's glamour star, Gloria Spear, on Saturday at Las Vegas. Oh. This, by the way, will be a double celebration yeah, for producer Herman, who on Friday will wrap up his latest film epic, The Last Dinosaur. I've seen the film already shot of the picture, and I predict that The Last Dinosaur will gross more money at the box office than any three pictures produced in the last year. It's a great picture, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and in advance of its release, I'm giving it my highest rating... A plus. Now I'd like to call Mr. Herman's attention to something on the other side of the ledger. Are you listening, Mr. Herman? Tonight, this radio station has had two phone calls reporting that a live dinosaur had been seen within the city limits of Los Angeles. One lady reported that she saw a live dinosaur coming out of the La Brea tar pits. This is obviously irresponsible publicity, and it's the sort of thing that should be stopped immediately. Mr. Herman, Hollywood and the motion picture industry is finally being run by grown-up adults. 
make your press agent yeah. act like one. Si, Si, turn that radio off. Uh-huh. Turn it off, turn it off. Here, here. Si, what was the idea of planning those 40 phone calls? You should have known that somebody would get wise. But, but I thought, I mean, I think that... I don't pay you to think. I pay you to get me publicity, but only publicity that's dignified, like uh, my idea of the handbag and the shoes. <laughs> All came from the direction of the pool. Come on. It's Gloria. There she is in the pool. Gloria. What's happened? Good Lord. She's, she's drowned. Gloria, baby. Jethro! Jethro, come here! Oh, look, she's just floating there. Oh, terrible. Mr. Dumont, is she? Yes, Mary, she's already dead. Here, some of you, help me get her out of the pool. Now put her down here. Yes, she's dead. Always told her to stay away from the pool. She couldn't swim. But she didn't drown, Herman. What? Her head's been crushed in by a very heavy blow. All right, stand back, please. Now, nothing must be touched until the police get here. Oh, look! They're leading away from the pool. Look at those tracks! Who cares about tracks? It's Gloria that counts. Herman, the tracks are important, too. Those are the tracks of a baby dinosaur. The police arrived soon after the discovery of the murder of Gloria Spear at the Hollywood party of Herman K. Herman, but they learned nothing that hadn't been noticed by the Green Lama at the time. As soon as everyone was free to leave, Jethro Dumont returned to our hotel. He had been meditating for more than an hour, ending with the tea sarana. Kalam, Adaya Gakanti. Akshino Payami Yavaka Vivadishante Patishante Nasamsaya O Makuraga, may I be granted the power to find the one true path. Exalted one. Hmm? Hour is late, and it is written that those who travel in the night are best hidden from the dangers which beset the traveler. Yes, Tuku, you're right. If we're to learn anything about the murder of that girl, we must begin to look. No one was out of the room when she was killed, my lamb? No, no one, except the murderer. Almost anyone could have slipped from the room, Tuku. Everyone was listening to the broadcast, and I doubt if a person leaving would have been noticed. Uh, or a person returning. True, but I doubt if the murderer returned. Nor was it necessary. Miss Spears screamed at the time she was struck, and we all rushed out. The murderer could have merely lingered near the spot and then have joined us as we stood over the body. Ah, uh, yes. And the tracks of the dinosaur and the girl was killed by a blow of something heavy. Perhaps the foot of large animal. That's true, Toku. It's also true that there were the tracks leaving the body. Tracks which I myself can swear were authentic. But it is written that a dozen snowflakes do not make a blizzard. Yes, but there is also the legend in my country of the great lama who froze to death, still counting the blizzard by the dozen flakes and believing he was safe. Uh, what did the police say? A Lieutenant Fernald was in charge. He didn't say much, but I believe that he too is under the impression that the murder is part of a publicity stunt, which somehow went wrong. Oh, would even the makers of flickering shadows on a screen go so far in selling their wares? No, I don't think so, Toku. I certainly don't think that Herman would. I knew him pretty well in college. He... Ah, perhaps there are tidings. Perhaps. Come in. Oh, Mr. Dumont, thank heavens I called you in. What's wrong, Miss Carter? Mr. Herman, I think you'd better come at once. Wait a minute, Miss Carter. What's happened to Herman? Oh, right after you left tonight, he began to get in a rage over this, this business of the dinosaur. Oh? He said that someone was trying to ruin him and talked about the murder of Miss Spear as a personal blow at him. He was going to marry her, you know. Yes, I know. The loss of a loved one is not to be taken lightly. Love? But he didn't love her. It was a business arrangement for both of them. I've never seen Mr. Herman act this way. Where is he now? At the studio. He insisted on going over there as soon as the police left. That's when he began to rave about ruining himself. I... Oh, I'm afraid, Mr. Dumont. What are you afraid of, Miss Carter? I, I'm not sure. I've never seen anyone so depressed, so desperate. And then a few minutes ago, he had Cy Martin come to the studio. He was going to fire him, and they started fighting violently. Both of them have terrible tempers, and that's when I got... Frightened and came for you. I see. 
If anything were going to happen, it may be too late, but come on, we'll see. Oh, thank you, Mr. Dumont. Mr. Herman has always had so much respect for you. I know he'll listen to you. Yes, come with us, Tuku. Yes, my lama. Uh, uh, Philbert, what are you doing here? Well, Mr. Dumont, just because you find me bending over in front of your door, don't mean that I'm stooping to listen at your door. No? Well, what were you doing? I I was only tying my shoelace before knocking at your door to see if you wanted me to drive you anywhere else tonight. Oh. Well, as a matter of fact, I do, Philbert. Take us to Triumph Picture Studios and drive fast. Someone's life may depend on it. My lama, do you think this driver person is to be trusted? He was listening at our door. I don't know, Tulku. But if he isn't, it's better that he's with us. It is said that the watched kettle does not boil over. What'd you say, Mr. Dumont? My Tibetan friend and I were merely exchanging Tibetan proverbs. Yeah? I like proverbs. Like the one that says Rolling Stones had a lot of pedestrians. Which gate do you want, Mr. Dumont? The Beverly Gates driver. That's the private entrance for Mr. Herman. Yeah. Those are the gates I thought you'd want. I hope we're not too late. They were fighting violently. I heard Mr. Herman accusing Sai of starting the dinosaur stories to ruin him and of being implicated in the murder. He wanted to know who was paying Sai, and that made Sai mad, and they started shouting at each other. Well, Herman was always shouting at people. I really doubt if there's any reason for you to be frightened. I know how he shouts, but somehow this was different tonight. Well, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Tell me, Mary, have you worked for Herman long? Almost five years. Oh? Well, I... I should think you'd be an actress yourself. Would you believe it, Mr. Dumont? Before working for Mr. Herman, I was a mechanic in an airplane factory. Really? Well, many women are fine mechanics. How did you happen to leave that and come to work for Herman? Well, after the war, they started cutting down. I had done some acting, and I thought if I had a job like this, maybe I could get to acting in pictures again. But I lost my ambition about that after I worked for Mr. Herman for a while. Well, here we are, Mr. Dumont. And it looks like it's locked up. You got a key for them gates, miss? Oh, uh, uh, no, no. I, I left the gate unlocked when I came out. If you'll go ahead and low gear your bumpers, we'll just nudge them open. Okay. Get down! Mary, are you all right? I just saw it. Tulku. If Tulku had been six inches taller, might have had fatal parts in here. Robert? Yeah? Stop the car. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's safe now. Yes. That was fast thinking, Gilbert. Perhaps too fast. If I could have jumped out of the car, I might have gotten whoever was shooting at us. Mr. Dumont, when somebody starts shooting at me, I don't do any heavy thinking until I get away. But why should... Cy... Why should anyone try to kill us? Why did you think of Cy Martin in connection with the shooting, Mary? I I, I don't know. I guess maybe because I knew he was here. But why would anyone want to? Well, we certainly haven't done anything to merit that attention. But perhaps they're afraid we will do something. The Green Lama strikes terror into the hearts of all evildoers, so it's often target for bad wishes. Yes, well, you might as well drive on, Philbert. There'll be no point in going back to look now. Wait. There's the producer's building right there. We can just walk over. Good. Philbert, you may as well stay here. What's the matter, Mr. Dumont? I want to take a look at the car. Hey, look at them bullet holes in the top of my car. Four of them. Each one on the same level and almost an equal distance apart. Yes, it's fortunate they weren't aimed lower. Such a steady hand could not have missed if they had been. Now we better see what's happened to Herman K. Herman. Here, this is Mr. Herman's suite of offices. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone's turned off the light in the reception room. I'll get them. I hope we're not too late. I... Listen. Oh, thank heaven he's all right. Listen, they're still fighting. Quickly, Tuko. Tuko. Yes, my lama. Stand back. The door is locked. Let's get in there quickly. Oh, on the floor, exalted one. Yes, I see him. Cover the window, Tuko. Is Mr. Herman? Yes, he's dead. I'm sorry, Mary. Only got here a minute sooner. Nothing to see on the window, great one, but the outside is not well lighted. Never mind. Just a minute. What's that pleasant odor in the room? We always pray sweet air in here. 
Mr. Herman couldn't stand to have the room filled with smoke during concert. I see. Poor Herman. Uh, twice, so great one. Hmm. We heard two shots, Tulku, but neither one killed him. What? He was killed by a very heavy blow on the head. The dinosaur. I doubt very much if Herman K. Herman was arguing with a dinosaur. No, I think this was deliberate murder, and we better call the police. And that's the story, Lieutenant. Everything here in Herman's office is exactly as we found it. Uh, thanks for seeing to it, Mr. Lama. Uh, uh, Mr. Dumont. That's all, huh? Yes, except for one later thing. While we were waiting for you, I sent Miss Carter, Mary, out to ask Filbert Jones, our driver, to come in. His car was there, but he vanished. Uh, think he's mixed up in this? He could be. I think Miss Carter can answer one thing about him which has me curious, though. Miss Carter, did Filbert work for Herman? The driver? Of course not. What's that got to do with it, Mr. Dumont? Earlier tonight, Filbert showed up to drive me to Herman's party. Tulku and I assumed he was in the employ of Herman. But when Miss Carter didn't seem to know him, I began to suspect otherwise. Yeah, I'll send out an alarm for him. No uh, dinosaur tracks this time. No. Although Miss Carter seemed to think there was some connection with the dinosaur when we broke in here. It's just this dinosaur picture. It's jinxed. I know it is. Exalted one. Hmm? Someone approaches this office. Oh, yes, Toku. I heard him some time ago when he first entered the building. Well, this looks like a cozy little clam bake. Sorry. Mr. Dumont, here's Cy Martin now. To what this triumph pictures owe such a late hour visit from the law? He's the one Mr. Herman had the fight with when he was going to fire him, Lieutenant. We could hear Mr. Herman when... when it happened. Yeah. What are you doing here, Martin? I work here. I still consider myself an employee, even if I was fired. I've been fired from here ten times, and the next day it's always forgotten. Hey, what's with Herman? Don't you know? Well, how could I? Don't tell me that dinosaur I'm supposed to have invented came along and stepped on him. It's not a joking matter, Mr. Martin. Herman K. Herman has just been murdered. Murdered? Don't act so innocent. They heard you in here. Right, Mr. Dumont? Hey, what are you trying to do? Frame me? I left Herman an hour ago. I was coming back here to see if he'd cooled off. Maybe. Martin, uh, you know your way around this lot? Like the inside of my own hat. Okay, come on. We'll, we'll look around. Maybe the killer's still on the grounds. If he didn't double back here to the office. I don't like that crack. Martin, you're in a bad spot. You'd better cooperate. I'll go with you, Lieutenant. Okay, but you other two stay here and please try to stay alive. And, uh, what's this set, Martin? Well, this is where they've been shooting the last dinosaur. They built the set here because it was cheaper than going out on location. I see. Tell me something else. I've been curious as to the story of the last dinosaur. What is it? Well, it's a sort of a fantasy about a dinosaur coming out of the La Brea tar pits here in modern times. You know, the tar pits are filled with the bones of prehistoric animals, and the idea was that one of them had remained alive down there. Look, we're not looking for a dinosaur. We're looking for a murderer. Just one more thing, Lieutenant. Martin, for the dinosaur, did they use a small-scale... Wait, wait, what's that? Hey, hey, wait a minute. Am I seeing things? No, Lieutenant. That's our missing dinosaur. I wondered when we were going to see it. Hey, he's coming right at us. Stay where you are. Lieutenant, I doubt very much if any dinosaur ever understood English. Well, maybe it'll understand this. Holy smoke. Those bullets didn't even make an impression. In that case, Lieutenant, we better try something better than bullets. Home, money, Padme, home. The Green Llama strikes for justice. Tackles a beast as big as a house and knocks it right on its kiss. Yeah, I knew I had a sensational idea about ending the picture with a fight between the green llama and the dinosaur. Are you, are you all right, Mr. Dumont? Yes, I am. Well, our dinosaur is quite a piece of machinery. Very ingenious. Uh, yeah, machinery. Yes, this is the dinosaur they were using in the picture. It runs electrically. But that roaring... Uh... Just a recording. Uh, yeah. All I had to do was throw myself against one of the legs so it would go off balance and fall. Oh, he says all that had to happen was for that thing to fall on him. Yeah. It weighs about three tons. Yes, now there must be a door here somewhere. Oh, yes, it's in the stomach of the dinosaur. That much I know. But, you know, I never thought of somebody using this thing. I thought the whole business was hallucination. Yes, here's the door. 
Hey, it's a dame. Yes. Slightly unconscious from the fall, but she looks as if she'll recover. Lieutenant, here is Mary Carter, the murderer of Gloria Spear and Herman K. Herman. And here is... You mean there's somebody else in there? Yes. Yes, it's the missing driver, Philbert Jones. Bound and gagged, but apparently conscious. Just a minute, I'll loosen the bonds. There. There. Oh, that, that, that dame, she's nuts. She was going to end her and me both in one big smashing appearance in this mechanical overgrown lizard. Oh, that, that dame, she's been seeing too many movies. Yes, could be, Philbert. In the meantime, we have our murderer. Well, you were right, Mr. Dumont. She confessed. But how did you know it was the dame before you pulled her out of that dinosaur? Well, I thought of her when Gloria Spear was killed. It was Mary Carter who made sure we saw the dinosaur footprints by the swimming pool before they evaporated by screaming and pointing them. Mm-hmm. And she was the only person who could have easily made the prints. How? Oh. As a publicity stunt term, it had given her a bag made of genuine imitation dinosaur hide. Mm-hmm. It was a large bag with an imitation dinosaur foot on the side, one toe being the class. Yeah, I saw that bag, but I, I never thought of that. But did you know her motive? Oh, I bet not. Oh, I did, Lieutenant. She was in love with Herman, as she revealed in her attitude toward Gloria Spear in the marriage. Also, I think she would have hoped that Herman would make her an actress, but he wouldn't. Yeah, that's right. She she only meant to kill Gloria Spear, but Herman guessed she did it, and she had to kill him even though she loved him. I, I suppose you know how she worked that, Mr. Green Lama. It was very easy for her, Lieutenant, since she used to be a mechanic. She made a wire recording while Herman was arguing with Cy Martin. Then dubbed in the gunshot. She killed Herman, put the wire on the machine in his office, and connected it with the light switch. Mm-hmm. When she turned on the light, it started the recording. Hey, you're all right. How'd you hit on that? Well, I knew it had to be a recording of some kind, because when we broke into the office, there was the smell of the deodorant, but none of gunpowder. Well, hey, what about those shots at us? She was with us in the car. Oh, that was just more of her mechanics. You see, she rigged up a gun to be fired when the gates were opened. She deliberately aimed the gun too high. The idea was to draw suspicion away from herself. However, the even pacing of the bullet holes was the tip-off. Now I want to ask you a question, Filbert. Yeah, what? If you didn't work for Herman, how come you showed up to drive me to the party? Oh, it was nothing. I drive a limousine for hire, and sometimes when I ain't busy, I just go around and drive celebrities like yourself for free. Oh, my kid will get a big kick out of me meeting the Green Llama. Oh, Miss Carter. You know, Mr. Dumont, I was almost believing in that dinosaur for a while. Uh, It is written that man sees what he expects to see. Yes, and I see that it's time Tulku and I were getting back to the hotel, Lieutenant. I think you've really seen the last dinosaur. It is truly written that of all pleasures, the greatest is that of returning home. Now that we are back from Hollywood, I doubly appreciate the wisdom of ancient remark. Well, I'm afraid it wasn't much of a vacation, Tulku. Still, we have to take the thought for the action and go back to work now that we're in New York again. Uh, any important mail while we were gone? Yes, a famous wax museum in Paris, France, is honoring you, madame. Mm-hmm. By putting a statue of the Green Llama among its exhibits, they would like you to be present at the ceremony. Well, that's quite an honor, Tulku. Although I'm not sure I should go. Well, I, I also took the liberty of marking this story in the newspaper. Oh? This one? Mm. There. Let's see. Paris, France. The Paris Herald today carried a story which claimed that after 200 years, Madame Pompadour is once more alive and visiting the Paris cafes. You're right, Tulku. Such a story must mean trouble for someone. I think we'll go to Paris and look into the return of Madame Pompadour. Om Mani Padme Hom. The Green Llama strikes. For justice. The Green Llama, starring Paul Fries, is produced and directed by James Burton. Tonight's story is by Richard Foster and William Frew. Tulku is played by Ben Wright. Featured in the cast were Bill Conrad, Yvonne Patey, Gloria Blondell, Dave Young, Frank Gerstle, and Jerry Hausner. The special music is by Richard Arant. Now stay tuned for Kirk Douglas... 
on the family hour of stars, which follows immediately on most of the CBS stations. This is Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Om Mani Padme Ham. The Green Lama strikes for justice. It is truly written that the man with no future is dangerous. There were 100 such men in The Adventure of the Perfect Prisoner, all of them with guns. From the mystery of the Far East, from the mountain peaks of a Shangri-La, come the exciting adventures of Jethro Dumont. Jethro Dumont, the wealthy young American who, after 10 years in Tibet, returned as the Green Lama to carry on a single-handed fight against injustice and crime. I am Purku, who serves the Green Lama. It is said that ambition is merely the mask of greed, and we learned that this was true in the adventure of the perfect prisoner. It began one night when the Green Lama received a phone call. Jethro Dumont? Yes? This is Sando, Warden Sando. Oh, hello, Warden. How's your model prison? Fine. It's about one of my model prisoners that I'm calling you, Frank Cobb. Frank? Oh, yes, the sculptor. It's wonderful the way you've helped his rehabilitation by getting his sculpture shown there in New York. Well, he's a fine artist. Jethro, you've been promising to come up and inspect our prison, and here's the perfect chance. I've got a little surprise for Cobb tomorrow, and you deserve to be here when we tell him. Now, you've been promising, and I won't take no for an answer. <laughs> okay, Jethro? All right, Warden. Tulku and I'll be there. Well, Tulku... You're now in the finest prison this poor old world has ever seen. Oh, even so, my lama. I'm glad we do not call this place home. <laughs> well, I agree it's no cottage in the country, but as far as the moral reconstruction of the men goes, it's tops. Hey there, uh, just a minute. Yes? If you're looking for the warden's office, I'll show you. I, I have the guard's permission. The guard's permission? Which one? Uh, that man's a trustee, Mr. Dumont. Uh, he'll take you to Mr. Sando's office. Oh, I see. All right, thank you. Uh, this way, please. You, uh, you're Mr. Dumont, aren't you? Yes. I've sort of been waiting for you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am for the one-man show you fixed up for me in New York. Oh, well, then you're Frank Cobb. Yes. <laughs> you don't owe me any thanks. Your clay figurines did all the work themselves. Anyway, Mr. Dumont, maybe soon I can do really good stuff. You see, I know the warden's got a little surprise for me today. Oh, what kind? I really can't say, because if I did, it wouldn't be much of a surprise anymore, would it? <laughs> I'm afraid you lost me back there, Cobb. I don't think I'd follow you. That's okay. But uh, just to keep things even up, I've got a surprise for the warden. Oh? And I suppose if you told me what it was, it wouldn't be a surprise anymore either. <laughs> That's right. It's uh, not time yet. Well, uh, here you are, Mr. Dumont, the warden's office. i got to get back to my work. I'll see you. Well, what do you make of that, Toku? Ah, uh, Mr. Cobb is burdened with a secret he knows he must not keep, my llama. Yes, yet I think he's afraid to tell it. Well, 
Let's see what Warden Sando has on his mind. Come in. Warden Sando? Dumont, Jethro <laughs> Dumont. Come in, come in. I'm delighted you could make it up here today. Hello, Toku. My honor, Warden. Well, you're looking fine, Jethro. Sit down. Thank you, Warden. We uh, just left a mutual friend. In fact, he escorted us to your door. Frank Cobb. Oh, you've met him then. Good. Yes. I finally convinced the governor that that man doesn't belong behind bars. And he... oh, oh, come in, Summers. Jethro, this is my second in command, Captain Ed Summers. Mr. Dumont, Mr. Toko. How do you do, Captain? An honor, Glad to know you. Do you come up to inspect our model prison? Yes, and we're also here for Warden Sando's surprise. Right. Frank Cobb's pardon. It's just come through. Well, come on, let's go find him. He works right next door in the examination building. All right. You know, the fact that you showed interest in his sculptures meant a lot to him, Jethro. I'm very happy. The man's a fine artist. He's also a convict. We'd do better to make him remember it. Then, uh, you think the label of convict would help him readjust to society? Is that it, Captain Summers? My opinion, there's only one way to handle criminals. Give them treatment that'll make them think twice the next time. That's our job. But history shows that method has failed consistently for centuries, Captain Summers. That's right. Our job is to strengthen through education, not fear. Cobb? Yeah, maybe he's in the next room. I'll get him, Ward. All right, Cobb, step out here. He's not in here, sir. That's strange. Cobb? Oh, my lama, look there. Hmm? Behind that desk. What? Why, that... Warden, quick. What? What is it? It's Cobb. Yes, it's Frank Cobb. And the knife that killed him is still in his back. Warden, if we'd been smart, this wouldn't have happened. I don't want to say I told you so, but you can't treat a gang of hardened criminals like a troop of boy rangers. It just won't work. Captain Summers, why do you think Frank Cobb was killed? Yeah, because somebody found out he was being pardoned and didn't think he deserved it. That's all it takes in here, you know. Uh, here's Sammy, Warden. Oh, yes. Come in, Sammy. Uh, the screw uh, excuse me, uh, the guard said you want to see me, Warden. Yes, I did. Sammy, do you know that Frank Cobb is being pardoned today? Uh, the guy with the statues? No kidding! Yes, but somebody doesn't want to see him get out, Sammy. Happen to know who that might be? What? Oh, I'm shocked. I can't believe this, Warden. Straighten it out, Sammy the Singer. Talk plain. Oh, that's level, sir. Honest. Uh, gee, uh, who'd want to see a guy miss a break like that? Nobody. It's already happened, Sammy. Somebody stuck a knife in him. This knife. Gee. Ever see it before? Uh, you know me, Warden. I wouldn't lie for two minutes. Uh, sure, uh, I've seen it before. That's Al Bauer's knife. Uh, it used to be. It was swiped off of him, sir. He kept it in his mattress. And a couple of nights ago, it ain't there anymore. I see. Uh, well, uh, uh, that's all I know, sir. Uh, okay, if I go now? Hold it, Sammy. Has Bauer's been at his machine in the mill all day? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I think so. But I have my nose on a grindstone the whole shift, sir. Uh, I couldn't say for sure. Is that all? That's all. Well, it's perfectly obvious to me, Warden, that Bowers faked that stolen knife story to cover up an advance for this job. If you let me handle this my way, I'll get to the bottom of it in a hurry. Out of curiosity, Captain Summers, just what is your way? According to some standards, Mr. Dumont, it's old-fashioned, but I can guarantee results. And I say there are better ways of getting answers. Ways of... Excuse me. Warden Sandow. What? A riot? Where? How bad is it, Carl? I knew it. Sooner or later, it was bound to happen. I see. Yes, I'll hold on. There's a riot in the mill. Carter doesn't know how it started, but he says it's big. Sando, you're directly responsible for this. You've mollycoddled a bunch of killers and theorized with them until they've got the idea they can run all over you. Hello? Hello? Hello, Carter? Carter? I think the phone's dead. There'll be more than that dead before this is over. If any of my boys get it, Warden Sando, you... Warden! Warden! He's been hit. Hard hit, fellas. Take it easy now. My shoulder. Not serious. It's a break, Warden. Bad one. The riot was a blind, that's all. About a hundred of them. They had guns. Must have been smuggled in. They made it into the boiler house. Then down the pack passageway and... The arsenal. Yeah, that's right. They even had a key. They're in the arsenal now. 
Behind a barricade. I believe we've still got a chance. Well, then come on, Warden. Let's go. We're safe enough here behind the wall, Dumont. Keep your head down, Philco. Yeah. Arsenal's just across the court out there. Here's the microphone, Warden. It's ready. Good. Hand it to me, Summers. Okay. Attention, men! Attention! This is the Warden. You've made a mistake. It's a long way to the main gate. You'll never get that far. I'm asking you now to back out before it's too late. I'll listen to your answer. Who's going to speak for you? I am, Warden. Big Ben Hackett. All right, Hackett. Can you speak for the others? Sure. I can talk for them. We don't care what your game is, Warden. We ain't playing ball. Period. So save yourself some breath. Or run it. You'd better think it over, Ben. Here's what I want you to do. Come out one at a time. Lay your guns down and line up facing me. You have my word, there'll be no gunfire. Next! When we're ready, we're coming out, all right? Shoot! So here's what we want you to do. If you don't want your boys in blue all chopped up, keep them out of our way! That's smart. Warden, you've got to listen to me now. We're in real trouble. I've got three heavy machine guns in the North Tower and plenty of ammunition. That's enough firepower to cut the whole mob down. Now tell them to come out right now with our hands empty or we open up. No, no, I still I'm telling think... you, Sando, it's the only way. I refuse to permit wholesale slaughter of those men. Listen, they're cornered now, but they're going to come bawling out of there any second and it'll be too late for us. Now, shall I give the order? Well, I... just a minute, both of you. Warden Sando. Yes, Jethro? I want to go in there and talk to those men. What? Oh, my no, Lord, you're running you behind, Dumont. You wouldn't get ten feet beyond this wall before they'd have you cut to ribbons. I want to go, Sando. Men can be reasoned with, but Captain Summers is right. We've got to hurry. Well, it's either me or the machine guns, Warden. All right, Jethro, but just... Now take the mic again and tell them I'm coming. Okay. Men! Big Ben Hackett! Listen to me! Mr. Jethro Dumont is coming to talk to you! If he ain't bulletproof, you better keep him under cover. We'll kill anybody who tries to get him here. He's coming out, Hackett. And I want you to listen to him. Oh, my llama, I beg of you. I know what I'm doing, Toku. I believe I can save those men. Yes, of course. May Buddha go with you? Good luck, Juban. I watched the Green Lama climb the wall and walk slowly, alone and unarmed across the barren prison court, straight into the relentless gaze of a hundred pairs of hostile eyes and the muzzles of a hundred guns in desperate hands. In just a moment, we will return to the Green Llama. But first, sure, CBS is famous for its Sunday comedy lineup, but there's action and fast-paced drama there, too. Johnny Dollar hunts the crooks who would cheat his insurance company. Bill Grant shows you how a big-town police commissioner goes to work on Call the Police. And Sam Spade is around wisecracking his way through another typical adventure. Hear them all tomorrow. Johnny Dollar, Call the Police, Sam Spade, on most of the same CBS stations. Now with our star, Paul Freese, we return to The Green Llama and tonight's story, The Adventure of the Perfect Prisoner. Even as Jethro Dumont crossed the prison yard, the jeers and catcalls of the convicts were lost in their throats and everywhere was only an empty silence. Silence and the chilling, sharp echo of Jethro Dumont's footsteps moving closer to the armed prisoners as he walked across the yard and into the arsenal. 
Ben, I'm coming in. Well, what are we waiting for? Yeah, he's just the same as a copper. Why don't you let him have it, big man? Shut up! I'll decide when to let him have it. I want to be able to hear everything Mr. Dumont has to say. Okay, hero. Speak your piece. Are you Hackett? Yeah. I'm Big Ben Hackett. What of it? Stand up. What? I said stand up, then I'll talk to you man to man. Okay. We'll talk. Man to man. Go ahead. Tell your men to put down their guns, Hackett. You haven't got one chance in a hundred of getting out of here alive if you try to make a break. Hey, ain't you got that backwards, Junior? We're a hundred. You're the one, remember? <laughs> Shut up. Shut up! Go on, Mr. Dumont. You ain't got very long. Then I'll get right to the point. Which is what? The lives of these other men, Hackett. They're not all in for life. So what? I don't get it, Dumont. All right, then listen hard, Bowers, and the rest of you. Right this minute, you're living on borrowed time, each and every one of you. Ah, says who? Yeah, who says who? The three heavy machine guns Captain Summers is just itching to use. You're surrounded and you know it. What you don't know is that there's only one good reason why those guns aren't spitting lead in here right now. And that's a man. A man who wouldn't let Captain Summers open fire. A man who thinks you're also men, with names. Not just numbers stenciled over breast pockets. A man who's your friend, Warden Sando. Hey, he's right there. Yeah. We'd all be ducking death now if Sando wasn't a warden. Hold! Oh. Oh. Wait a minute, Ollie! Oh. You're nuts! Yeah, yeah, nuts, Hackett. Nuts about living to be an old man. Yeah! Well, Hackett, you might as well surrender. And get slapped into solitary for six months, no sale, Dumont. Yeah, what about that? What's the current rate of exchange, Dumont, if we do call it quits now? Even. You know your warden, Bowers. Nothing will happen to any of you, with one exception. Yeah, which is what? Frank Cobb's murderer. He pays in full. If he's caught... Don't worry, Bowers, he will be. All right, men, put your guns down. Well, who are the holdouts? Good. Now, how about you, Bowers? What'll it be? It'll be... It'll be quits. Sammy? Oh, I'm with the others. I, I quit, too. I ain't no lifer. I only joined Hackett and Bowers because... you was the one who got hold of the key to the arsenal. We can all sing, Sammy. Don't forget that just as loud and clear as you can. Yeah, maybe. But I'm the only one who knows it was Cobb. Yeah, Frank Cobb, the perfect prisoner who got the guns to us in the first place. What? Cobb was behind this? Yeah, yeah, but that ain't all, Mr. Dorman. But in that stool, in fact, too much. Oh, you stinking no... All right! Yeah, oh. that's right. If you are the only one who knows so much about Cobb, you might also find yourself the only one with a real mo motive for his murders. Oh, no, no, that, that ain't so. I can prove it. I wonder. <laughs> Little Sammy. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought it possible. <laughs> well, Hackett, I don't think we've got anything to worry about anymore. Meaning what? I'm meaning that Mr. Dumont here has saved our lives for us. What else? After all, Big Ben, he was the one who reminded us that the odds were so heavy, a hundred to one against, and that we got a good warden, and that we've also got some very lousy prisoners. Hey, hey, no, 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 Bowers. Now, wait a minute. Shut up. Both of you. Yeah. We got some lousy prisoners in here, but I ain't so sure that's enough reason to give up my gun, Mr. Dumont. Maybe it'd be simpler to just pull a trigger. Simpler, Hackett, but not wiser. And you know it. Now drop your gun. Okay. I just want to know one thing, Dumont. What is it? How come you wasn't afraid to walk in here? How come you didn't figure you'd get shot before you got the talk? You see, Hackett, you're the ringleader. Nobody here would have dared to shoot before you. Oh? 
And the reason I wouldn't shoot? My back. I never turned it toward you. Now let's go. Warden Sandoz speaking. Captain Summers reporting from the Central Tower, Warden. The arsenal's secure, sir, and the men are all accounted for. Good. That was a wonderful job Dumont did. Not a single shot fired, Captain. Which may have been a mistake. You can't handle prisoners. Never mind that, Captain. Now, are the cells unlocked yet? Yes, sir. The cells are all unlocked, and the happy prisoners are back at the jobs business as usual, Warden. All right. That's exactly the way I want it kept. Understand? Yes, sir. And one thing more, Summers. Jethro Dumont and his friend are to be allowed free run of the entire prison. They're going to examine Cobb's cell, then they want to talk to Sammy the singer. After that, I think they'll deliver the murderer. That's all, sir. Here we are, Tulku, the late Frank Cobb's cell. But, my lama, except for these bars, it seems more like an artist's studio than a prison cell. All this clay and these handsomely carved figures. Yes, just another example, Tulku, of Warden Sando's rehabilitation program. Cobb was an artist, and the warden never wanted him to forget it. It's just too bad he did. Oh, you mean the guns that were smuggled into the prison, lama? Yes, the guns which no doubt are embedded here in these fresh boxes of modeling clay. That's the only way Cobb could have got guns in. Hmm. Here, Tulku, give me a hand. Yes, my lord. Now we'll see in just a minute. Oh, yes, Lama. Look here. Yes, a forty-five automatic, and below it another one. Not the same caliber, but equally effective. Tulku, the cell door. It's closing, my lama. Correction, Tulku. It's already closed. But why, my lama? Who would want to keep us prisoner? I don't know. But I don't intend to stay this way very long. Tulku, do you have a penny in your pocket? A penny? Yes, but why that? This light here, the bulb unscrewed and replaced with the penny. Give it to me, Tulku. Yeah, my lama. Inserted in between it and the connection will blow the fuse fast. Oh, and so render the electrical machinery that locks these cell doors useless? No, it's not that simple, Tulku. But in a modern prison where doors and windows operate electrically, any tampering with wires such as a blown fuse might bring results. Uh, now, the bulb back in and we'll see. Yes! Oh, you were right, my llama. It set off an alarm. Yes, and that red light there at the end of the corridor. Look, Tulku. It tags this row as the seat of the trouble. We should have help any minute. There, coming toward us, Tulku. The warden with a guard behind it. Warden! Here in Cobb's cell. We're locked in. Dumont! Now, wait a minute. I'll get the alarm first, then have you out. Newton? Yes, Roger sir. Newton? Yes, sir. Get the alarm that opened the second block. Yes, sir. My llama, you have no thought as to why we happen to be caught in here this way? No other than that it's not a coincidence, Toku. Let's go. Maybe the warden can help us. Jethro, I can't understand this. Sergeant Newton, you patrol this building. Did you hear the gates close or see any prisoners in here? No, sir. I didn't head up to this block until that alarm went off. A little before that, I heard the door to that supply closet down there slam shut, so I started investigating. But I never got past the lower stair, warden. Warden, under the door to the supply closet down there. Look, something's seeping out. Yes, something that looks like blood. Come on. It is blood, all right, Jethro. And in a second, we'll know who... Oh. Yes, Sammy the Singer. Also with a knife in his back. He's dead, Jethro? No, Warden, but he's slipping fast. Sammy. Sammy, who was it? It... It was... It was who, Sammy? Try and tell me. It was that... That double-crossing hack. He's gone, Jethro? Yes. Maybe Captain Summers is right. Maybe this isn't the way to run a prison. Maybe I should have listened to him in the first place. Jethro, what did Sammy say to you? Something about Hackett. Wasn't it, Jethro? Jethro. When the Green Lama failed to answer the warden's question and instead stared down at the lifeless form at his feet, I knew that he had entered the path of concentration. 
taught him by the high lamas of Tibet. One problem at one time. One solution, the ultimate goal. Then, a few moments later, Jethro Dumont straightened up. Warden. Warden, before this place became a model prison, where were the so-called incorrigibles kept? Why, in solitary, in the basement of this building. But what's that got to do with these murders? I don't know. Maybe nothing, maybe everything. Let's go, Warden. The Green Lama and I followed close behind the Warden. We crossed to a narrow, half-concealed doorway that opened onto a spiral staircase leading 50 feet into the earth below. The long corridor was hewn out of rock, damp and as silent as the passing of time. It was dark, except for a thin finger of light ahead from a lantern and a crude table in a room that was more like a cave. Then we heard a familiar voice. So that's your plan, is it? Oh, brother, it won't work. Dumont, I never should have doubted you. About what, Warden? I should have known that Hackett was guilty. Not a chance. Hackett isn't alone in there, Warden. And believe it or not, he isn't the guilty one. What, somebody else killed both Cobb and Sanny? That's right. Listen carefully as we move up and see if you don't recognize the other voice. No dice. Just shoot. Period. All right. I'll do it your way, Hackett, as long as I have to. What? Still get away Captain with Captain Summers? Yes, the hearty jailer himself. See, Big Ben, I've got the upper hand. I'm a guard and you're a con. I can knock you off and say it happened because after you admitted killing both Sammy the Singer and Cobb, you made a break for it. And everybody will believe me. Yeah. Even though the truth is that you knifed Cobb because you was getting the guns to him yourself. But it didn't play out, did it, Summers? Cobb changed his mind when his pardon come through unexpected. That meant you had to kill him or worry that he'd talk. Yeah, and as long as you'd like to understand everything real thorough-like before you go out, Hackett, I'll cut you in on a little more. The reason I killed Sammy. Mind if I try it, Captain Summers? Dumont. Warden. Uh, stay where you are. Stop walking, Dumont, or I'll shoot. You killed Sammy, Captain Summers, because he knew too much. You couldn't afford to let him live when the break didn't come off because Sammy sings too easily, doesn't he? Dumont, stop. Stop or I'll shoot. And do what when Hackett grabs for you? Big Ben, the man you were about to murder. Or were you counting on getting us both at once? All right, which one will it be first, Summers? Uh, yeah. Captain. Uh, which? Uh, I don't know. I... Stay back. Warden. Warden, tell him to stay back. Tell him, Warden! I'll answer for the Warden, Summers. Take it! All right, drop the gun. Take it! Drop it! Okay! You'll win, Dumont. Well, Jethro, here it is. Captain Summers' complete confession, thanks to you. But how did you suspect him in the first place? This has also been bothering me, my lama. Well, there were four things pointing them, Warden. First, if Al Bauer's story of the murder knife being stolen from his cell was true, it could only have been stolen by a guard. Yes, no one else would be able to get into the cell. Two, Summers was the only person in the entire prison to have a key to the arsenal, right, Warden? Yes. And Sammy the Singer was not the type of person who could have gotten that key away from a man like Captain Summers. So the key must have been given to him. Then Summers knew we were going to talk to Sammy, and he needed time to get to Sammy first, so he locked us in the cell. Only Summers and you, Warden, knew we were there. Finally, Sammy told us it was Summers. Sammy told us? Yes. When Sammy was dying, he said that it was that double-crossing hack, remember? You thought he was trying to say hack it, but in prison slang... In prison slang, slang, yes. Hack means a guard. In this case, Summers. Yes, Warden, Summers. The only man with a motive to stir up riots and murders in the model prison. Because he wanted my job. That's right, Warden. You know, it is truly written that the ambitious man often falls into the pit dug by his own greed. You've just heard another adventure with The Green Llama, starring Paul Fries as Jethro Dumont with Ben Wright as Tulku. The script is by Gene Levin and Bob Mitchell from a story by Richard Foster. 
Featured in the cast were Edgar Barrier, Clayton Post, Dave Young, Bill Conrad, Ed Max, Jack Crucian, and Bud Widom. Special music is by Richard Arant. The Green Llama was produced and directed by James Burton. Music, and a lot of fine music, is coming your way almost immediately on most of these same CBS stations. Von Monroe will be around with his great band and the top hits of today. Gene Autry will come riding with more of the sagebrush songs for which he is famous. So stay tuned right now for Von Monroe, following immediately on most of these CBS stations. Larry Thor speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.